Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite co-workers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalisi, and joining me is my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Caroline, we made Hi. it to episode two. We, we passed the, the <laughs> mythical uh, podcast barrier of going more than one episode. Is that is that a real barrier? Is this it's like a, sophomore album? Like this is like, <clears throat> now we're good. We're gold, we coast from here. It's just like this episode has a lot more stress because it's th- our second one. Yeah, fa- famously, the 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 vast majority of podcasts are are one episode and they sit on, they sit on servers forever and are never I, continued. I will tell you what I have actually been part of a one episode. Pod, we'll just say it was a special release with uh, we did one on oat milk and it was an inside joke that came to fruition <laughs> and I recorded it in Omaha with Clinton Yates, a good friend Clinton Yates. Um, it was an inside joke about oat milk that is just too ridiculous to go into, but we did one episode of our radio call-in show, Call and Oats. Oh my God. And I you was know, Steve, ask what the title was. Uh, was. Unbelievable. And that's the only reason we actually recorded an episode and we did it live from this bar in Omaha. And have you seen the, the UVA picture from two years ago that did the Dippin' Dots interview, Stephen Shock? I believe I've seen this. Yes. So he's great. He's so funny. He ended up coming to the bar and like joining for a segment, him and his now wife. And they asked us all these questions. I know nothing about oat milk. It was a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you know what? We've made it one episode further than Call and Oats. So <laughs> it's only us. uphill from here. We're breaking records <laughs> every week from now on. So, all right. Well, later in the show, we are going to be joined by Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic. Great guest, uh, continuing our streak, by the way, also of excellent guests, two weeks in a row. We're, we're never going to drop that streak. Uh, and we're going to be talking about, uh, among other things with her, we're going to be discussing season two of The Bear, which is, I would say, the best thing on television right now. We'll get into that in more detail we'll later. But first, we're going to hit some headlines. So, Caroline, we said we were going to talk about this last week. We have a new Marvel show. Uh Ew. It's been a while. Uh, Mar- Marvel's slowed down a little bit on the TV side after initially giving us like what felt like basically a new show every month for a while. I loved. I know that there's the fatigue discussion to be had, but I'm the person that's like, great, new show. Give it to me. I'll watch it. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm ready. So we're Yeah, we're one episode in on Secret Invasion. By the time this podcast is released, there will be a second episode up. Mm-hmm. Premiered on Disney Plus and... It has already started generating some controversy out of this show for a number of different reasons, one of which is the opening titles, which are were were made by an AI image generator, which I I, I don't need to tell you why that has made some people angry there. I can see why there would be a good reason for doing that, given this show and how it's about 
not being able to trust what's real or not, but it, right. it feels like a bad call by Disney, given the fact that we're like in the middle of people striking because they don't want to be replaced by AI. Yeah, there was probably, and I did tweet something. I was like, that intro was really cool. And now I'm like, ooh, should I, should I delete that? Is that going to make me, it, it did look, and you're, you're canceled. Right. You are canceled, Caroline, I know, for, for liking so the opening will not title. Be a, no episode three, because I will not make it to episode three. But I, because I did, I liked the idea. And at first, honestly, I'm not sure that I even registered that it was AI until like hours later when I saw the discussion going on in the timeline. I was like, oh, okay. Because it is, you know, I'm sure this decision was made ages ago. Absolutely. Like, and that's can, the thing. Like, and it, yeah. But it is a very much read the room situation. And then it's kind of like, okay, so then maybe when it was time to release, they're like, oh, is this AI thing going to be a bad idea? And they're like, well, we can't, we have a set release date. Like now, (laughs) like it's just like a big unnecessary mess. But again, you're right. It absolutely does tie into like, you have no idea who is a scrawl, who's real. You know, there's been a lot of discussion and we'll get into this about like potential, like real life, like where's the, the decoy, life model decoys that might make an appearance. I'm hoping they make an appearance for one well, big reason. <laughs> let's get into that. Let's get into yeah. that. And, and spoiler alert. Spoiler skip, alert for skip ahead a few. Skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want, if you don't want yeah. the first episode to be spoiled for you. But th- this episode ends with them killing off Maria Hill, who's been a recurring character in the MCU going all the way back to the first Avengers yes. movie. Um, it, it's a... It, and... and this rubbed a lot of people the wrong way too. And I think not just for story reasons, um, there, there, there's been some interesting posts I've seen out there on social media talking about the fact that not only is this kind of a bummer to do that to this character, but on top, when you, when you put it in the context of black widow being killed off, um, and Gamora being killed off and the way in which it happens, right. Which is that, they die in order to like create a motivation for a male character. This is a this is a thing. This is like a a certified trope in in media that is referred to as women in refrigerators. I don't know if this is a term. I had never heard, heard that. Yeah, this is like a this is like a documented thing that that I'm like now uh, going through my brain. Like there's a phenomenon <laughs> of of people writing. Uh, sort of horrible deaths for a female character, and the reason it happens is to sort of give a motivation Motivate to a male the... character. Damn. I don't know. What do you feel about this, Caroline? How did you well, feel about this death? I well, I hated it because I love. Well, I really like Kobe Smulders, and I, anyone who's followed me or listened to me for probably more than ten minutes knows how I feel about the finale of How I Met Your Mother, and so just so that I still love her speaks to how much I actually love the show. And I just blame the writers. That's fine. It's fine. We'll get into it. We can do a whole episode on terrible <laughs> finales. I've never um, seen it. I, so my, oh. my, my knowledge of Kobe Smulders is 100% from the MCU. So I don't, I don't know anything else about her or her work. And I, I, I like her enough in, in these movies. Yeah, I think well, and that's, I think character. they underutilized her. I think that there was a lot more that they could do with Maria Hill. And I don't know, I'm not someone that has read the comics. So I apologize for anyone who's like, this is where she got to in the comics. Yeah, this and that. much, much more complicated. She's, she's suffice to say, she's a pretty uncomplicated good guy in the yeah. yeah but she's also she's just cool and i really like like i just always thought that's why i always liked kobe smolders is that she just has this like cool essence about her and like everything she does the way she cares. and i bought her as like a i bought her as a shield agent i bought her as someone that you know went through the training and can kick some ass and is smart and 
is a good balance to Nick Fury in the kind of like fire and ice situation. He's the the badass. She's the kind of like the organizational side of things that keeps him. I mean, I feel like she keeps him going to his appointments and like, it's like, okay, Nick, we got to do this next. Right. Like we got to keep these things together. Like, um, but she was so awesome. And so it's kind of like, and that's where the, I think the emotional dagger of this moment is she thinks that she's killed by Nick Fury. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's, that's pretty brutal too, to make her, to have her go out. Right. That way. Yeah. <laughs> but although realistically, like, does she think that Nick Fury would kill her? Probably not. So maybe that's like just right. us projecting onto her, but well, yeah. and yeah, look, to be fair, all of this discussion, we don't, this is one episode in, we don't know. Right. What, this is what the plan is. They, this could right. very easily be not what we think it is. But she could I, be know, Skrull. We could have like the first scene well, of the second episode, but she did this interview. I will with, say, I don't think she's a Skrull because we saw, we see another Skrull die in disguise in this show. And then they had turned back into Oh, a immediately? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe so. it just took a second. Maybe she was like, I don't know. <laughs> cut, Let me go through the these emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go through these emotions. But overall, I think I'm in. Like, I think the show was really good because it's something that's different than the last couple shows I also really liked. I really liked Ms. Marvel. I thought She-Hulk was a ton of fun, but they were very different vibes. This is This is a spy thriller. And I think that this is a genre that Marvel can do well. It's similar to me. You know, we get a little bit of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know that show wasn't very popular and there were some issues from rewrites during the pandemic and et cetera, et cetera, because you can't really have a major plot point be a virus when the entire world is dealing with the, a pandemic. Like, I get sure. that there were a lot of changes made that weakened that storyline, I think, a little bit. But um, it's very Winter Soldier, like that it's uh more spy action than it is superhero action and so and i read the cast is incredible yes great give olivia coleman every minute she ate up the like three minutes and 45 seconds she was on the screen loved it we're gonna we're gonna talk about olivia coleman a little bit later too probably with nicole but that uh, that aside um I, you know, here's here's where I'm at with this, Caroline, because I, I want something different from Marvel, too. I want some of that, like, phase three energy from the MCU. I want I want it to take itself a little more seriously. And, and like, I, I appreciate what they were trying to do with She-Hulk. I, I, to me, it's not the flavor of MCU that I prefer, and I, I feel the same way about the last couple of Thor movies. Like, I, I, I kind of want this stuff to feel like it matters a little bit more. Um, and this has the potential to do that. I'm open to it. I, I'm the first episode was kind of slow for me, but I, I get, I get that it's going to pick up and there's going to probably be a lot more stuff happening too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm open to see where this goes and I, at least I will say I like the tone for sure. Yeah. So far. And I like, uh, and I know I realize that I said that I want like Maria Hill to still be alive but I think that one of the things that this show has to be careful to not do is use, Oh, they were a scroll as like a get yeah. out of jail free card because like that does, you know, you can't have that be your like, Oh no, just kidding. Like there, no, because this is yeah. one of the things that people have said about superhero movies or even this was of the complaints I heard about infinity war, which weren't a lot because the movie was awesome is that there are no stakes. If you know that everybody's coming back, et cetera, right. et cetera. But deaths have to matter. Yeah. Right. And so I do understand that part of it. So I, I love 
that I, I'm, I will be watching that to make sure, not to make sure, not to be like, oh, you did it again. Like, there's something I can do about it. Like, the show's made. Like, no one cares what I think realistically. But, um, but it's something that you have to keep an eye on, or it could be a, a crutch that they lean on to like get out of difficult situations. But I think this is going to be a vehicle that brings Nick Fury as we know him back. Because again, I think that one of the things that's super interesting about especially WandaVision. And even when you go back to things like Iron Man 3, Iron Man 3 is not one of my favorite Marvel movies, but the way that they dealt with trauma post New York with Tony Stark, I think was something that was like really interesting. And then we have the whole post blip trauma dealings that we saw. Yeah. Really WandaVision was the first time we saw that moment of like, here's what it was like to come back um so you had maria rambo that like monica rambo not the mom <laughs> and monica come back in the hospital there's a lot of characters a lot of characters to point. keep track of at this point um and then we saw it again with you know in black widow which again a movie that people didn't you know in the post credits you see or not black widow that was in, again this is the whole thing this is what happened. maybe there is too much content matt because this was in i think, um, there, might, I think there might be yeah This is in Hawkeye, but you get that really (laughs) incredible moment. Florence Pugh in the bathroom disappears, comes back. She doesn't know she's been gone for five years. So all this to say is like Nick Fury not being the same Nick Fury that showed back up after the blip, I think is a really interesting through line to discuss and something that they're going to have to deal with, especially now with Maria. I think we will. I think we will talk about this more at some point for sure (laughs) that because there's an opportunity for Marvel and this was accidental entirely. There's an opportunity for them to make this blip and talking about it in their movies, a way to talk about something like the pandemic, right? Like this global trauma that happened to everybody and affected and changed everything. I don't know that they're directly doing that yet, but it will be interesting to see if somebody decides to go that direction. Um, This we're, we're, we're getting close to the midpoint of the summer, Caroline and, and a couple of new, items that are coming out this week so uh, of interest are, are reviving franchises that have been around for a long time. Let's say they're franchises about, uh, about extremely cool dudes and, yes. and you can <laughs> ca- capitalize every word in that phrase. Yeah. Extreme have, capital E, capital C, capital D. We have, a cool new, we have a new Indiana Jones movie coming out this weekend and we have uh, new Jack Ryan content. Yes. Uh, and, and Caroline, for people who don't know, who are, who are new listeners, the way that Caroline experiences pop culture, one of the <laughs> things that she does is when something new is coming out and it is part of a series or a franchise, Caroline prepares for this thing by by either watching or re-watching everything that has ever come out that this is related is to it. <laughs> and I really appreciate this because I, I have a brain that operates this way too. I'm like, I, I, was, I was a kid that like, I, if, if there is if there is a toy that is one of 50 of something, I now have to have all 50 of the thing <laughs> if I have one of them. So I get I get this. I have this kind of brain, too. But I, I am curious because I know coming into this week, you did you have any experience with Jack Ryan stuff before? Yes, um, I've read a couple of the books. So I was I was gonna do I was looking for stuff like fun stuff to discuss or talk about or you know think about for this week with the new 
I think it's season four of the Amazon series. Jack Has it really been? It's on. It's on. It's been on yeah. for four seasons. Wow. Yeah. And I think, and I have really, really enjoyed. I think at first there were a lot of question marks around like John Krasinski, like this is Jim from The Office, like can he really be Jack Ryan, this CIA analyst, like this, you know. Um, and I think he's been great. The show has been, I really enjoyed the show. The first season I think still was the best, but, um, the cast is great. And, and he's believed. So the idea of Jack Ryan, the book character, as I said, he's a CIA analyst. He's not supposed to be in the field. Like that's always the like, right. start. Really. He's a nerd. I'm just an analyst. You know? yeah. like, and so it's the matter of like, you have to straddle that line of like believable analyst and believable. I could get myself out of this dangerous situation and like use my, cause the, Shock, spoiler alert guys things always goes wrong like always um and so i started thinking about it and i was like i'll rank the jack ryans i'll look at who has played jack ryan over the course of you know and that's when i realized one hunt for red october is a jack ryan story it is <laughs> which i did not know arguably the best one caroline well, i think most people we'll would in, call it the best we'll get one. into that and two um that i hadn't seen the hunt for red october <laughs> <laughs> Which got a lot of people mad online yeah. uh, at me because as a former naval officer, a lot of people are under the impression that in order to join the Navy, you have to watch every naval related movie that has ever There's come a lot out. of them, to be fair. There's a lot. And so yeah. um, I watched. So I was like, let's jump in. That's when I learned that Alec Baldwin played Jack. Ryan. <laughs> and I was like, this is strange because I always feel like um, I feel like Alec Baldwin always plays Alec Baldwin. Right. Yeah, but like, this was young Alec Baldwin, and he was he was. I, I'll say this: I, I think actually, maybe not the best casting of Jack Ryan as like the nerdy analyst guy because because Alec Baldwin's actually kind of a like a I don't I I don't know if this is the right word, but he's like sort of strapping in Hunt for Red October. Like he's kind of a he's kind of like <laughs> looks like he could handle some Russians on well, that. It, I on think that you're stuff. being misled by the big chunky turtleneck sweater that he wears like right off the bat and i think the man, that is the man can fill the man can fill a turtleneck it is like like chris evans from knives out saw that sweater and was like <laughs> i can't it's too much sweater um it was good so the funniest thing to me about the whole movie wasn't you know like whether or not Alec baldwin was believable as jack ryan or jack whatever this um sean connery just was like i'm going to be scottish like that's just yes. we're gonna work around that and by work around that, I mean, you're just going to deal with it because I'm Sean Connery and I'm amazing. And I know I'm supposed to be playing a Russian submarine officer, but I'm going to keep my Scottish accent. Uh, and let, look, this, no this, if, Hunt, if Hunt for Red October is is a hundred years from now, <laughs> when we don't know anything about any of these movies, people will talk about Hunt for Red October for the one reason that it basically created this perfect rule. If you're making a movie where half the cast is supposed to not be speaking English, which is just that you have a sentence and they start it in the language they're speaking. Yes. And at the end of the sentence, they are now speaking English. And, yeah, like, and, then they're just and like, it's fine. We're all on board. We get it. It's like the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 when now you just understand Groot. Like, yeah. You just now know that That's this right. is... Yeah, this is now. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was a really good movie. And so then I went into the Harrison Ford two Jack Ryan movies. So he did clear and present danger in Patriot games. Um, Harrison Ford and both. And, and we talk about Indiana Jones too. his ability. I just, he, Oh man, I don't have the time to talk about my feelings for Harrison Ford. I'm so like, I'm going to go see a fifth Indiana Jones movie after not liking 
the fourth one. I pretend it doesn't exist. I am doing a rewatch currently because I feel like if I'm going to go in again, if I'm going to go into it, I have to have my up to date information. Um, but Harrison Ford just he I don't know what you could even pick as his like thing like when you go, okay, Harrison Ford, like you can go Star Wars, you can go Han Solo, you can go Indiana Jones, you can go Jack Ryan, you can go like I mean, I love The Fugitive. Like, that's such a great movie. So you, like, kind of look at all the... He's so... And now with Shrinking being out, like, his comedic timing is excellent. I think under you... I mean, not that you'd put him in a bunch of... Oh, oh, Air Force One. Anyway, so he was great as Jack Ryan. I enjoyed those movies. I thought they were a little bit more... Not low stakes, but I think I'm only saying low stakes because when you get to some of all fears with... Yeah, Ben Affleck, Arguably who I thought too, was great as Jack Ryan, I, I he agree. has a I think good mix good of they they literally blow up Baltimore. Like yeah, every other Jack Ryan movie is like, <laughs> oh no, the threat of danger. Right. This one did it. <laughs> I, I think it's I and if I have a problem with that movie, I think it's that it, it actually is not fun anymore. If the bad thing just happens, yeah, like I, I, I think it's cool, yeah, yeah, so. But but I agree. I think Ben Affleck was really good casting for yeah. that. I, I think he's he's got that right amount of like he's a movie star, but he's you buy him as like a guy who works in an office at a desk yes. too. He's yeah. he's approachable. Harrison Ford is has that thing as you just talked about that he is a capital M movie star yes. in everything he's in. And yeah. it's not that I don't enjoy watching him, <laughs> but we're always going to see him and think that's Harrison Ford. Yeah, and like he you, this this guy can handle stuff. Like yeah, this. you cast him to play Harrison Ford in whatever you're doing, and yeah. and he's and he's look. I, I think there's a lot of people who are skeptical about this Indiana Jones movie yeah. because he's an older guy. There's a lot of de aging. He's not doing the stunts, but like if you did watch Shrinking, you know that Harrison Ford still has a ton of charisma and yes. and has the thing that really is what's special about him not that he does stunts but yeah. that when you watch his performance you actually get drawn in to his personality and his charisma and you you feel feelings when he is when he is talking and having moments in the movie so yeah i'm excited to see what what kind of moments they give him in this movie the man can still wear that hat you know like absolutely can't take that away from him. and i'm excited about Phoebe Waller Bridge being into I think that's a really good and we talked before about like the balance of characters or characteristics and and her very dry humor I think is just going to be a really it's really a great pairing, balance yeah. for them and I'm very excited about that so um last Jack Ryan bit don't sleep on Chris Pine he did delightful the movie itself was like eh um but Chris Pine is so good in everything like he's one of those you can put even if the movie's not great you're going to enjoy chris pine and if the movie was going to where you were like i don't know if this is going to be good and you in chris pine's in it he elevate like um dungeons and dragons just gonna like this is my push to go watch dungeons and dragons if you yep. haven't yet. i think a lot of people were like oh it's about dungeons and dragons like what don't make any assumptions it, it, it is, is not so what you think good. it is yes so good go it's see really it but yeah good. i'm excited there's gonna be a lot of fun stuff um both come out this friday i believe depending on you know you, they have those thursday night showings of movies now which i love i'm not rolling my eyes at that but so it makes it harder to be like this is when things drop but yeah june 30th for both two franchises that i'm excited to get back into i never really left them but like yeah i'm excited new entry yeah. big weekend for extremely cool dudes yes is that what we said yeah guys or dudes what extremely cool dudes ecd yeah. <laughs> trademark trademark it <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back after this, 
We are going to be joined by Nicole Auerbach and we're going to get into our pop culture potluck segment. All right, welcome back. We're super excited. This week, episode two, we're keeping the star power high, arguably higher, no offense, Mike, but we have, because not only does Nicole, is Nicole my go-to college football writer, she writes for The Athletic, um, but she also just finished second place on the team at the Golick Family Foundation Invitational, and I believe she brought home some hardware. Nicole, what did you what did you win uh, this, this past Monday uh, in South Bend? So I won closest to the pin for the ladies. Since this is um, also visual medium. um, Oh, it's got prime spot. All right. (laughs) Very nice. To the pin. Of course, it is a football. Um, But yes, my team finished second, which meant we got um, replica Notre Dame helmets and as I was being given this, uh, Mike and his father, also Mike, made the point that I'm a Michigan grad, so I definitely appreciate all of the Notre Dame apparel and items that are now in my house. Yeah, he, Mike was saying all sorts of slander in the group chat about, you know, now she wishes she went to Notre Dame, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that, that is, I, I would um, I would question the accuracy yes. of those comments. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. We're super excited for you to be here. Yes, I'm super excited to be here. I wore my Ted Lasso uh, hoodie for the occasion, mostly for Caroline, AFC yes. Richmond, till we die. Till we die. This show mostly has, has missed the run of Ted Lasso, ironically, because this, this, that's what, that's probably a big part of the, the conversation that led us to start this podcast <laughs> in the first place. Everybody at For the Win basically was completely obsessed with Ted Lasso for the entirety of its run. But at least some of us have now shifted that obsession onto the bear, which is what you yes. decided to talk about with us this week, Nicole. So first of all, I have to warn you that Caroline has only seen, have you seen three episodes? Three episodes now. now. I watched one more this morning. Of season one. Of season one. So we have to Honestly, dance around her a little bit here. Matt, this is one of the most disappointing moments that I've ever had in my <laughs> friendship with Caroline because first of all, she's always watching something. She's always watching like three yeah. things at once, like sports, movies, television shows all at the same time. So I figured, of course, if I tell Caroline, we'll talk about the bear, like she'll be fully caught up by then. Not only do I find out she's not watching this show and hasn't even finished season one, the fact that everyone else is watching and talking about it, the FOMO that it has brought on also didn't get her to start this show. Like I'm shocked by both of these both of these things. Well, she had to rewatch the MCU another three times. <laughs> okay, listen, since listen. The season, first season came listen, out. Listen. So, in my defense, one, this is not, I don't care what they list it as on FX, this is not a comedy. This is a very serious show. Like, it's very, it's a lot. So, I got, I, in watching the first two episodes, I just got so anxious at all of the yelling, so much yelling. I used to work in restaurants. I had all these like flashbacks and I was like, this is not fun. When does this get fun? And then everyone on the timeline, shout out to our former coworker, Annie Nesbitt. He was constantly like, wait till you get to episode seven, whatever it was in the first season, like episode seven, that's just 40 minutes of stress. And I was like, that sounds terrible i don't want any part of that and so i kind of just tapped out and then i hadn't restarted and then all of a sudden it was like oh the new season drops oh and it's all 10 episodes at once and then everyone was talking about how great it is which i don't i don't doubt or so i'm trying to i need to push through nicole is convincing me and our friends kyle manduo and mike golick and 
Alex, everyone's just pushing through to like make me want to do it because I do the FOMO is taking over when people talk about episode six and yeah, it episode should. 10 and like all these things. But ri- I think it's Richie. Like I, yeah. I like Sydney. I like Carmi from what we've seen. Like I understand like that there's a lot of stuff going on. They're going through Toronto, like all these things. Richie gives me so much anxiety to the point where when he showed up in Andor, I was like, he's going to ruin it. Well, like, you're, you're, ruin it. you're a normal person for feeling that way, Caroline, <laughs> because Richie is a huge mess. And that's a big part of this show, especially season two. And uh, Nicole, can you can you kind of what's your pitch to people for this to, to, to try this show and watch it if they get like Caroline and there are a couple episodes in and going, this is too much. This Sell is me. Okay, well, first of all, Caroline, you watch shows that are very stressful, have <laughs> lots of yelling. I don't crazy. understand why this would give you more anxiety than anything else that you consume. Um, so that would be my first main point to you in particular. But no, I would say like this was billed as kind of a workplace show, right? It's set at a, uh, a an Italian beef shop in Chicago. You know, the brother takes over for his brother who's who's died and he has to like fix it. They have like no money and they have a very short window period of time to save the restaurant. So season one is very much about that. We we see them mostly in the workplace. Um, And then in season two, it really dives into people's personal lives more. You start to get that a little bit at the end of season one, but they do such a great job of it in season two. And Again, I think you'll eventually get to it for season for episode six and seven of season two because you're gonna love the cameos and the different actors yeah. that they got to bring into this world. But also episode six, I think is gonna win a lot of awards because it's an hour long episode. Most of the show is, is thirty minutes, but it's basically entirely a flashback. It will stress you out. It will stress anyone out who has had like those family holiday gatherings that are just like a total disaster. But all of the individual actors will be nominated for their performances in this episode. And it tells you absolutely everything you need to know about like four or five main characters. And you get everything in one episode of their backstory, their relationship with one particular character, uh, Carmi's mother. And it explains everything you need to know about all of these characters. Like it is just a masterful episode of television. And I love Richie. I think he is such an incredible television character. Well, he, well, that's, he's good. Like he's engaging. He just gives me he is, but that, but he, and, but that's part of the point I was reading. Like there was a poll quote in his New York times profile, the actor. And he was saying like, please don't call me a dirt bag. Cause he plays dirt bags in so many shows. Like yeah. he was a dirt bag Girls in Girls too. as well. Yeah. Yes. So he knows that he has that, but, um, I just always, I, I think that type of character and like, he's so aimless and trying to figure out what his purpose is. He is divorced. He's trying to figure out like how to parent, but also what is his identity? What is his purpose? Like there's just so many big picture questions with him that you really see him explore and deal with in season two and also lash out. I think he also has some of the funniest lines in the show, but I, I just, I really love it. And I, I feel like it was one of the rare shows where season two was, I loved season one, but season two was was head and shoulders above it. And I think it took it even more so. It's not really a workplace show anymore. It's about these different characters and then how they intersect. And I was reading another review. This is the last part of the, the pitch to Caroline because you are a sports fan. And obviously people who are listening to this are fans of sports and pop culture. 
There are so many Coach K references in season <laughs> <Yeah>. two <laughs> to the point where I was like, did they pay for this nod? Like, who wrote <laughs> Coach K's book? Why is this in all of these scenes? But it really became part of a, a, a sports story. Like, I read a review that was comparing it to, like, a sports season where everyone comes together with, with a goal at the end of the season. And it's to open the new restaurant and the remodeled restaurant and all of these things. Like, there's hard deadlines. There's clear success. And it is about leadership. How do you guide people? When do you let them shine and continue to grow and push and send them away to work on themselves and then come back together? And it, so it was like comparing it to a sports movie. And so, Caroline, of all potential selling points, the fact <laughs> that there is a idea. sports movie feel to season two of The Bear should be enough for you <laughs> to watch it. I also heard there was a dig at Maryland basketball. And honestly, that might have just been like, you could have just been like, oh, they make fun of Maryland basketball once in one episode. I'd be like, I'm in, I'll find it. <laughs> it's there. It's there. And there's Taylor Swift, and you are a new Taylor there Swift. There it is, yes. So, yes. Very prominent. Well, that was feature. almost when I asked Nicole what she wanted to bring to Pop Culture Potluck. There was a, like, I could tell Taylor Swift. And I was like, we, Mike, Mike jumped on that one early. So, yeah, we, uh, amazingly. So, <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, there there was something that I, that that occurred to me because I finished up season two last night, and especially when it comes to episode six, that 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 is the one everybody's sort of raving about. And something that was amazing about it to me, it, one of the things that happens with TV shows now that we see is it's very very difficult for a show to make it past a third season at this point, and there's a lot of reasons for that. There's it's it's usually just dumb business stuff. Streamers don't want to keep these shows going for a long time. And it it sucks because we don't get the chance for a show to develop characters the way that maybe they did when, when I was growing up. But one amazing thing about episode six of this season is that it's like it injected like three seasons worth of background yes. for all of these characters. And so you, you, you go from knowing these characters just sort of in a peripheral way in, in this way of like we've seen them all operate together to we suddenly get years of understanding of who they are and why from a single hour of tv yeah that was why i think that episode is is such a standout episode i, I think um caroline because i'm convinced that we will convince you to watch this don't try to avoid which actors are going to pop up because yeah, i agree <laughs> part of the experience was just like, they got this person and this person and this person because- <laughs> And it, it would be a disservice. It would everything. be a disservice to call them cameos, I think really, because they're, they're like legit great performances in that episode. Yes, right. and I like know. my reaction, I should have looked this up before we talked about it, but like there are Emmy awards, right? For like a guest oh, actor. Yeah. Or, okay, because there will be multiple nominations from yeah. episode six and episode seven, but try to avoid the spoilers of who okay. they are because that was part of the delight of the episode and they're perfectly cast. Like yep. everyone is kind of like an elevated version of a character they have been before or who they are in real life. And it fits in so well. And I think Matt, that was exactly why that episode was just, it, it hits you with such force. And when you finish it, you're like, I just watched one of the best episodes of television that I've seen in some time because you got so much out of it it explained so many different characters and especially carmy the main character 
in one hour. You learn so much about him, what makes him who he is. It explains his relationships with other people. It explains his sister. It explains his brother so much. And it's so different from this image that we've had of the brother based on other people's remembrances in season one. It explains just just everything. And I, I think that was such a remarkable episode of television because we've seen other shows use flashbacks or kind of, I mean, this isn't really a bottle episode, but like this idea of like kind of a standalone episode that's not directly connected or pushing a plot in present day forward. And we've seen them use it to different degrees. And usually you learn something, but you learned everything in this. Mm -hmm. And they're also in season two. And this is why Caroline, if you were like concerned or anxious about like the restaurant scenes and like getting the food out on time, there's not a lot of that because you have, you spend a lot of time with individual characters and like their journeys. Um, It's almost like a sabbatical from the restaurant for much of the season because they're getting it ready. They're renovating, they're fixing things. And so you just, you, you develop the individual characters in a way that feels very natural because again, there is this end goal and there are like certain plot points that they are going to hit throughout the course of the season. But it's just, it's so much more not a workplace show because yeah. you're not really actually spending nearly as much time in those four walls of the restaurant. Do it's you... like a, it's like a season long training montage. <laughs> Of a sports movie, exactly. (laughs) And each person is working on that one skill that they're working on. And Caroline, there's an episode in uh, Copenhagen. So if you loved the Amsterdam episode, Um, do you guys wish that it had been individually released each week? Like, I feel like this is a a show, the way people have talked about it online since the second season dropped all 10 episodes at once, that could have dominated a time slot like we saw with Succession or we saw with White Lotus where it's back where it was appointment. Tel- that's one of the things that's really difficult with like, if everyone wants to talk about secret invasion, no one knows when everybody watches it. Cause it's like, if you don't want succession spoilers, then mute stuff right. because people are going to talk about mm-hmm. it at 9 PM on Sunday. And that's just how it's going to be. And I think that this feels like a show where they could have done that in in like capitalized on the entire summer. Like I was, I was mad that they put it all out at once initially. And then when I watched it, (laughs) I actually changed my mind and I'm glad they did it the way they did it because the momentum, I I don't know. I don't know how I could have made it a week after six. Um, (laughs) And, and then the way they like the emotional whiplash from six to seven is one of the most amazing things I have ever seen in a TV show because you go from your heart is about to explode for stress reasons to your heart is about to explode for like love reasons in episode seven. It's like one of the nicest episodes of TV ever. And it's the episode after one of the meanest, nastiest (laughs) episodes of TV. I, I, I'm with you because I think I looked on Hulu the week prior and it was showing that they were going to release three episodes. Like, I think if you went to and clicked season two, it said three episodes. So I thought it was going to be week to week. And I do think if it had the amount of think pieces and like really smart critiques week to week would have been really high. I mean, I just think yeah. it, it came out really strong. Like, you know, I watched season episode one and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad to be back in this world and around these characters and learning about them and watching different pairs of them interact. But I agree. I mean, once you hit the stride, once you hit like episode five and you just 
and then six you can't stop seven you can't stop like like six through ten just flew and it was it was it was great to have them all together for the reasons matt that you just explained but also like they are pieces of a puzzle together because you do see individual actors like getting sent to different assignments essentially going to different places so you want to see them come back and like see what changed and see what is different about that experience um and just some of the piecing together like a framed photo that is something that you thought like was a piece of the puzzle earlier in the episode season and then to see it you know come back but um so ultimately i was glad that they that it did all come out because i do think um sometimes with shows that we love and i know matt you wanted to mention ted lasso and talk about it a little bit in comparison i think that a lot of people binge season one of ted lasso because they didn't watch it live so they watched it all in one setting so even in the beginning when they're kind of like world building or setting up things and it's not like the amazing like it's not like diamond dogs it's not like individual episodes where you're just like oh my god this is an incredible episode of television but it took a few episodes to maybe get into it or to realize how much you love to show i think that some of the criticisms for said lasso's like season two and season three and obviously the high expectations they were facing it was a different way that people were consuming the show because they were watching it week to week so if you didn't like one episode or it didn't answer enough questions you stewed on that for an entire week yeah and so for for this show I think it definitely benefited because if for some reason you felt like the first couple episodes were a little slow, like for half hour episodes, it's like boom, 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 an hour and a half, two hours into your binge, you're in the meat and potatoes. You're in the heart of the season. You're right up there close to episode six that everyone's been buzzing about that lives up to those expectations. So I think that really helps the show where a lot of people also consumed early episodes or fell in love with the show by watching it in chunks. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, my, my pitch to Caroline earlier today was uh, that because she was she was sort of like I don't understand why people like the show and I I told her I don't I I, I, I said I don't the, the bear <laughs> the bear I told her the bear is Ted Lasso for people with PTSD basically it's it's I which, no no disrespect similar. to Ted to Ted's trauma that he has genuinely gone through but this is like this is like a, a much more visceral like people who have been whether it's workplace or family in a situation where like yeah. you genuinely don't feel safe and you, and, and, and you almost never, it takes you a long time to recover from it. That I think is really kind of what this show is about. It's, it's a bunch of people who have been under assault for a very long time and they're having to learn how to be like functional people again. I think that's true. I, I, I really don't, like all the comparisons between the two shows because i saw people putting them together because they were both you know like set in the workplace but they're such different shows and they're trying to do such different things that i don't and i think the audiences are different so i i I understand like the natural okay and especially because again the bear season two is so fantastic right better than season one and for a lot of people ted lasso's season one was the best season for for a lot of fans so they're like, well, it could have done this. And like, it's just so true to itself. And it, it naturally follows the characters outside of their their work world and, and weaves it in better than Ted Lasso. Like, I understand all of those takes. I just think they're totally different. The goals are different from each show. Um, the bear is rougher. It is rougher around the edges. No puns. More like, yeah, yeah, no, no puns. puns. It's, it's in your face. You don't There's have, no Danny Rojas coming in to tell me sandwiches are life. Like I no, need. No, you don't. You don't I have need, a Danny Rojas. Sweet, you don't have. Boy. 
Although, like, I would say, like, Fak, 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 however you Fak. Fak is levity. He's the comic relief, but he also has the real moments, too. But it's like, you don't have in Ted, like, this premise of positivity and, like, it was masking stuff for people, so it took a while to undercover. Like, there's no masking. Everyone's just miserable. Everyone's just working through stuff. Like, it's just, it's hard. And I think that realness and, like, grittiness um, is part of it. They also make, like, Chicago seem a lot grittier and, like, like rougher than it really is. Like, it's in River North. This was, like, very close. The, the restaurant that they filmed this in was very close to my old apartment. Totally fine. Like, not gritty. I think they put, like, <laughs> blue filters over to make it seem, like, yeah. you know, like, even more, you know, isolated. I, I don't even know. But, like, it's, it's definitely a different show. And I also think Ted Lasso, because of when it aired... And then the delay because of COVID to get the second season, the expectations were sky high. I don't yeah. think that the bear was facing anything like that. People loved the bear season one, yeah. but it wasn't like this massive countdown. It wasn't this like giant pop culture phenomenon where the, all the actors became immediately super famous and had profiles written about them in every magazine. This was a show that like was primed to deliver another great season and then it just knocked people's socks off like i just i just think like that was such a different opening into the into season two than than ted lasso faced. but i get why people are putting them in similar categories because again like these are the best shows that have come out in recent years and to get multiple seasons like we've had great ones that are like one season or limited series but to get these shows you know it's really hard to to capture that lightning in a bottle well, the Brazado family might be getting out of the greasy diner business and into the world of Michelin stars, but we still love a good greasy diner here on For the Water Cooler. So today, we're going to draft our ultimate three-course diner meal Ooh. in a segment that we're calling Eating Food on the Streets. Chandler, <laughs> you can play the theme. in this household <laughs> this is how this is gonna work it's 1 a.m we're all in a diner but for some reason they only have one of everything left so once somebody orders it it is gone you have to build your ideal late night diner meal any three items that you could reasonably get at a place with like red vinyl booth seating okay so nicole you're the guest so you're gonna get to make the first selection 
Okay. Um, I'm going to order. I my late night diner order is very similar to my morning diner order. It's the it's the dining order at all times, and it is a cheese omelet, hash browns, toast. Like we're going eggs. We're going breakfast. Okay. So wait. Now is this? So wait. We're 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 trying to do this in rounds here, Nicole. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. They come with it. You're not going to give me it hash browns. It comes with it. We, it comes with yeah, that's it. Like, 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 a, it's like, like a breakfast platter. So yeah. You're getting like, more. Not, you're getting more than this, though, right? Yes, yes but am I not fine. able, like, an omelet no, or an egg dish would come with hash browns. We will accept that. Toast. It comes with okay. a side. It happens on the menu. Okay. So this, okay. now this is a cheese omelet, you said. Yes, cheese omelet. Okay. Like American cheese, just, like, as basic as it gets. I want a lot of, like, I want it really oily, a lot of salt and pepper, like, grease. Like, let's let's just, we're, we're going to, whatever the upcoming hangover is coming, we're going to, like, soak it up. This is unbelievable. I thought I was golden in my first round, and now I'm screwed. Are you also going to get an? <laughs> egg I was breakfast? going to go an egg breakfast platter. Yeah, eggs are <laughs> off the table. Unfortunately, eggs have been taken. <gasps> Am I next? Do I get to you go? You are second? next. You are oh, next. You're such a gentleman. Um, this is completely throwing me. I was like, yeah, I'm getting scrambled eggs and bacon and like a piece of toast. Like this is for sure what I'm doing. Uh, okay, I'm gonna get um. A burger. I'm gonna go burger. I'm gonna do a late Strong. night burger. It's a greasy burger, bacon, delicious. No cheese, but someone else can have cheese if they want it. But that's fine. So I'm going just burger. We're doing it. We're doing yeah. It. So so I got defensive, Nicole, because because potatoes are really my thing. And so, but I'm <laughs> okay. I'm saying I'm saying that hash browns were your side, so that does not take potatoes off the table for me. Okay. I'm going yep. with I'm going with out of all my ideal potato forms. I think I'm going to do fries. Uh, it depends heavily on the fries available because not all fries are equal to me. It's true. But like I love a, I love a like very potato-y fry. I love yeah. like a, like that stuff you see on the, on the sandwiches in Pittsburgh. That looks like my kind of fry. You know what I'm talking about? The, what is it? Permanti brothers? Is that what it is? Where they put, yes. Like five guys, five guys yeah. fries yeah. are really what I want. That's so okay. that's that's what I'm going. That my main is potato. <laughs> that's <Fries>. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just a Do giant plate of potatoes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is this a snake draft? How are we? How are we doing round two? Okay, we'll snake it. That's that sounds more fair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For my second one, I, I'm. Th this is a this is a weird pairing. But I ha when I go super salty, I like to have I like to pair it with something sweet. I'm going with a chocolate shake with my fries. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. We like that. Um, I am going to get if I'm in a diner and it's late night. I probably want some mozzarella sticks. If we're being honest, Ooh, wow. I'm gonna get some Hell yeah. sticks. Yeah, we're going mod sticks. Okay, all right. So Caroline's going like full on like lunch dinner. Yeah, yeah. I Matt, wanted to go breakfast, and everything got I'm turned upside breakfast. down. Um, so I'm gonna do a side of pancakes. We're gonna go some buttermilk pancakes on the side. Nicole's making my dream full breakfast, my dream diner meal right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, vote for Nicole's meal. Because okay, it's all right, all right. And my my final choice, um, because again, I've got the savory, I've got the sweet, but I'm at a diner, and they probably have one of those little display cases where like they have slices of pies. Are and you cakes serious? Turning Are you serious? around, get out yeah. of my brain. I'm oh my going to take. 
Uh, you're probably not going to take the exact dessert that I want, Caroline, because I want a cherry pie. I want a slice of cherry pie. That that's, is my very, that's very Michigan of you, Nicole. A little bit, but I actually loved cherry pie when I grew up in New Jersey in the diner capital of the country. So that's a great pick. Great um, pick. She's back. She, you're back up. You wait. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to decide if I want to. No, no. Nicole. Nicole's. Nicole goes again. Well, that was my third. Do... Oh, that Pancake was your third. Dessert. Pancakes yes, and you're right. I lost track. I'm, I'm, breakfast and dessert. We're skipping I'm failing as the commissioner of this draft. <laughs> I'm debating if I want to get a a beverage or if I want to um, go sweet and I think I'm going to go sweet and do like a piece of chocolate cake I thought about that yeah. that would have been funny I could have stolen your I was like because I was going to do pie I legit was going to do like an apple cherry pie like whatever it is that's on the, whatever <laughs> the best thing is at your establishment when it comes to like the good homemade pie I was going to go for that but that's fine I don't need you you know you're a guest you can have it it's good it's fine uh yeah I'm gonna go chocolate cake I almost I was gonna I was thought about diner coffee Matt and I have like we said I also, I also thought about that yeah we uh we met up at Big Bad Breakfast in um in Birmingham and I got a mug because everyone knows how much I love mugs um but di- there's something about diner coffee that's so good, but I'm going to stick with my chocolate cake because now I want chocolate cake. All right. My final pick. I need something spicy because I always make a terrible decision when I'm eating late at night of, <laughs> of not only eating basically ice cream, like drinking ice cream <laughs> and eating a ton of carbs, but then I also eat something mega spicy. I could go ramen with some like chili crisp on it, but I, think it was a I don't know. But I, no, yeah. no, look, look. I'm saying this is a hypothetical in real life, <laughs> but I'm not doing it with this meal. Okay, with this meal, I am going with a side of jalapeno poppers with my fries and milkshake to get a little. Not have, the hottest thing in the world. I have heartburn listening to your meal. Oh, this I'm gonna regret it. Okay, but I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and I also like I. It depends on the diner. I mean, the menus are huge, but I don't know if I've ever seen jalapeno poppers, but I will give that to you. Can I also give a couple honorary choices? Let's do yeah. it. Okay. Diner coffee is the number one honorary yeah, choice. Great. Thought about doing that as my second um, because it is delicious. They just, they refill it constantly. Yeah. It's one of the great coffee ways yeah. to have coffee in the world. Um, my other alternate, I just need to mention is uh taylor ham versus pork roll like a sandwich i you know as 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 the as jersey native need to put that out there our family calls it taylor ham that is the great north jersey south jersey divide and debate my mom from north jersey she called it taylor ham that's what we call it so i will also give a specific shout out to taylor ham and pork roll Nicole, can you can you explain to the the Alabama boy here how that is? Is it different from bologna? Is it sounds very when I see pictures um, of it, it looks like bologna. To me. It is it is much better, okay, and more delicious. And like the Taylor ham, I think it's the brand. Like that is what yeah. like the type of, but it's just like it elevates a an egg and cheese sandwich. Like For that's sure. just that's just what it is. And if you're going to the Jersey Shore or on a road trip or something like that's what you just, you need to grab. You need to have it. They do sell them at diners. Um, but you know, that's not like, that's not, you know, I'd go somewhere and pick one up and you know, whatever. But so I do want to give it a shout out because they do have them at diners in New Jersey, which again is the diner capital of the country, more (laughs) diners per square footage than anywhere else. 
So it needed to be mentioned, but they don't really sell them. But I highly recommend if you go through New Jersey, you have to get one just to try it. Because, yes, it is not bologna. It is better. And it really does elevate instead of a bacon or a sausage with your egg and cheese. Like, that's what you want for your pork roll. More substantial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're pretty good. My, um, my grandfather is from, like, the... Uh, Pennsylvania. And so we had, I think we did Taylor ham. I think my mom called it Taylor ham as well. If that makes sense geographically, I'm not sure. They're both correct. They're both correct. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it was good. I, my uh, honorable mentions probably like, I, I like a good deli, like diner, like turkey club, like a real, just a, yeah. one of those real tall, ridiculous looking sandwiches that has like turkey and ham and bacon and lettuce and all that. Like, and it's like, you can't actually eat it in one bite type thing that's cut up and is a Philly toothpicks honorable mention goes to that for me love it my my honorable mention will pay tribute to my heritage and it's going to be some form of chicken parm it could be on a sandwich it, if you go to the right place it could be with some like uh re- overcooked spaghetti at a <laughs> diner and at an all night pizza place, maybe. But if I if I'm going to a place like that and they have chicken parm on the menu, I, I can't yeah, every time see, can't even see the pizza. It's only the chicken parm <laughs> that I'm looking at. It's a good choice. Only good eyes, choice. eyes only for chick parm. All right, we've we've built some incredibly unhealthy meals, oh, uh, and hopefully we've made our audience hungry. And you're gonna all go make some bad decisions now. A good decision that you can make though is to go and read Nicole Auerbach's work at The Athletic. Nicole, thank you for coming and proselytizing about the bear with us today. You are very welcome. And Caroline, I cannot wait until you get addicted and start texting us constantly. I know. You and, said, I was going to say, oh my God. Like, you're going you, to you see the tweet. Yeah, you'll see the tweets. You'll get the text. Like, you know, it'll happen. So I, I did. I literally be like, guys, did you know the show is so good? That's yeah, what the reaction would I'll just wait a couple years and be like, guys, have you heard of the bear? It's like when I watch like cliffhanger again and be like, I'm watching 1997's cliffhanger. You have guys you guys ever believe- seen the hunt for red October? Have you ever heard of the tweet? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just stick with me folks. I will inevitably live tweet something from ages ago and act like it's the first time I'm seeing it. It's my fave. Hey, so everybody who's who's listening to us, first of all, thank you. And uh, we are available on every platform so far other than Apple. We are working on that. We should hopefully be up on there very soon. But everywhere else, wherever you're listening to us, go in there. Give us some ratings. Give us some reviews. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, and go follow Nicole on, on Twitter and everywhere else. And uh, we will see you guys again next week here on For the Water Cooler. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.